Special thanks to our promotional partners at the American Philatelic Society. The APS is the largest stamp collecting organization in the world, supporting collectors of any level worldwide. For more information about membership and APS services, visit stamps.org. I'm Charles Epting from H.R. Harmer in New York City. And I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. Now, Michael, Charles, first. You have, before, uh, for, for diehard listeners of the podcast, they may have heard us mention this a couple times, but you actually have another podcast called the Lost Labels Podcast. <laughs> I do have another podcast called the Lost Labels Podcast because yeah. I'm a music fanatic. Yeah. And especially music of the 1970s. Yeah. Um, even though I would not be born for another two decades, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, my record collection, uh, recently I've been spending more money on than my stamp collection, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, today's an exciting one because I get to yeah. come these two loves. This is the first Conversations with Philatelist guests, guest who is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> this may be our only guest ever who is an induct yeah. of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're talking to Pat Simmons mm-hmm. of the Doobie Brothers. And Pat is a founder, the the uh, only consistent member through all the band's incarnations. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the guy who wrote Blackwater. Uh, this guy plays on China Grove and, and so many great rock songs. I mean, like, Doobie Brothers is sort of the ultimate quintessential 70s rock band. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got the look, they've got the style, they've got the hits, they've got yeah. the attitude. They're just, they, I mean, they are, like when you think of the 70s, it's like Fleetwood Mac, Doobie Brothers, Led Zeppelin. There's these bands that are just like bigger than life. Yeah. And, and Pat is a stamp collector. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which which I did not know until you had told me well, about so, a, a while ago, about six months ago. No, it's funny. So um, uh, my father is uh, working with the Doobie Brothers on a project, and, and mm-hmm. he was talking to Pat about what I did for a living. I met Pat at a concert a couple of years ago, and uh, Pat said, that's crazy. I you know, told my father he was a stamp collector, and that was how this came about. So this is not something that, uh, that I think many people know, but to have this, again, rock star, rock and roll Hall of Fame inductee, yeah. uh, musical legend, uh, who's a stamp collector, uh, I think this is going to be really fun. I, I can't wait to uh, to talk to him about this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it a lot because, it, again, like you said, not many people know. it's. He's been kind of, I feel like, secretive about it. it, it maybe not holding it pars- uh, on purpose, holding it too close to the chest, but, uh, no, but I don't know too much about his collecting. In these arenas and everything, there's probably not many stamp collectors around to uh, you know, <laughs> talk about your latest purchases with. So uh, yeah. I hope we can give him a form to, uh, to you know, uh, let the cat out of the bag with his stamp yeah. collection. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to it. I've got a lot of questions to ask about his personal collecting habits. And uh, this will be a lot of fun. Let's Let's bring him on. Let's bring him in. There we go. Can you hear me, guys? We can hear you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for for, for chatting with us. Thanks for having me. I hope I say something that's helps (laughs) (laughs) helps <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's so much fun about this and and, and you know my, michael uh pitched this idea to have this podcast to me um last summer at the height of the pandemic and it really wasn't about you know there's plenty of um you know zoom lectures and you know if you want the really highbrow uh philatelic stuff it's out there it, you know it, you know the 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 the, the weeds and the gritty is all available we wanted a platform where we could just talk uh, to people and tell you know people stories rather than stamp stories because um, I think that's what's so much fun about this hobby are the people we meet the dealers the collectors the auctioneers you know uh, the, the museum curators and, and and that that's what this is about it's not about 
stamps necessarily. It's the the people behind the stamps and the people who, you know, this hobby brings so many uh, disparate, crazy people together, uh, you know, in a, in a common love. So I think that's what's, uh, that's what's so much fun about what Michael and I do. Cool. Michael, you want to kick things off? Yeah. So thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. If you wouldn't mind just taking a second, do you mind explaining kind of how you got into stamp collecting, what your first uh, interactions with stamps were and how you got into collecting? Um, I, you know, I was just a kid uh, when I first discovered stamps. It was, through, you know, through mutual friends uh, that were stamp collectors, which is crazy. They were, they were like, I was about, you know, eight years old, maybe. And I hung out with these, uh, these kids uh, when I moved to this neighborhood in uh, California. Um, Los Gatos was the area. Kind of, uh, Northern California. My parents, uh, my you know, father was a vet and moved out to California in, in the mid '50s, maybe from Washington State. So anyway, I ended up in this neighborhood with these kids that are kind of, you know, bad. <laughs> they were kind of bad kids. But one of the guys collected comic books, and I was a total comic book freak. And so we would trade comics and all the time. And one day I was over there, and uh, he's got these this pile of stamps sitting on a card table in the in his living room you know and I'm going what what are you doing he goes well I I collect these things I go really (laughs) I go why you know he goes oh they're just really neat you know uh here take these uh these are all duplicates I've got I've got all these you know I don't want these you know just take them home and 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 check it out and see you know what you think about so really okay so i took them home and i started looking at them that night and they were british so there's queen elizabeth you know i'm looking on this standard queen elizabeth queen prince philip um and you know the, the you know german stamps with the, you know these people belgian stamps he had all these uh european stamps and i go wow these are look at these images they're so they're so out, you know, what is this? And, and you know, the, the, everything was very, st- not everything, but, you know, the, the, the British stamps were sort of Victorian in, in appearance, and the, the German stuff was kind of like deco, you know, this, you know, real images that were like cold and chiseled, and, you know, and the Belgian stamps were that way too. So it was like, wow, th- these are, and and then I had and then I had some American stamps that he gave me as well. I'm looking, you know. So you're comparing like cultures and how, what what, you know, what other people see as, you know, images within their culture daily, like just ordinary images for them. But for me, as an eight year old kid, I'm going, oh, wow, what this is this is so bizarre. You know, what is this? You know, and so that's how I got into it. So I sat there and I, I sorted all the duplicates to be the ones that were the same, you know, all the, the three pence. I don't even know what the, you know, what they were. I don't collect any foreign stamps so much anymore, but, um, but I, I, back then I really got into it. I mean, I got into, and, and come to find out that in the neighborhood, oh, maybe three or four or five miles away, we get on our bicycles and we could ride our bikes to this store. It was a philatelic store, George Grant Stamps, Crafts, and Arts. And so we go in there, and here's this guy, uh, George Grant. You know, he's got two hearing aids, and he's yelling. <laughs> 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 
come on, I'll show you again. <laughs> we go over. And so that was a whole, you know, culturally smoking cigars, you know. And uh, so he was, you know, really into it. And I'm going to these kids and this guy, this crazy man, you know, smoking cigars. This is, there's got to be something here. You know? So I got into it. I started collecting and I, I uh, my parents were like, well, that's a nice thing or you know that's really good good for you so you know little do they know you know we're like i'm with running these guys that are like we you know we have a a dozen playboy magazines up in our treehouse and you know these guys are like stealing bicycles from and parting them out to each other and i'm going Wow, these are bad kids, but they collect stamps anyway, and comics. <laughs> you know, so that was a, it was a rough crowd, you know. But they were, you know, it was minor stuff, obviously. But uh, and I survived it. Luckily, I only lived there a couple of years, and you know, we moved. But uh, I took stamp collecting with me, and it's you know been part of my life since that time. You know, I mean, I don't do it like I used to back then or even in later years, but I switched um, from international stamps to U.S. stamps a long time ago and um, realized with so many stamps, you know, and, and so so little time, so many stamps, <laughs> that uh, I was better off, you know, so that's kind of where I ended up. And uh, still, I still fool around with it. it's kind of i look at it as kind of my it's my fdr moment when i when i reach that moment in my life where i can't go anywhere okay i'll just sit here at my desk and look at my sort my stamps you know, that's kind of where it's going to go but um you know but my connection to the world started with stamps and and i kind of still see it that way as a as a hobby it's still a connection to the world you know when i look at my stamps I see a connection to history. I see a connection to politics. I see a connection to to um, uh, economy, uh, invention, brilliance, art. There's just so much, so many levels. You know, I'm not telling you anything or anybody else something that they don't already know. But um, to me, that's that means something, and it's it's always there. I know I'll. Um, I'm always overwhelmed when I start looking, you know, really telescoping in on uh, any particular stamp or any particular period of time uh, when stamps were, you know, being made and all the incredible momentous events that um, were taking place then. And, you know, it's all commemorated in stamp stamps, you know, so. Well, you raise a good point that I think Michael and I might take for granted. So we're of the generation that just Googles everything if you don't know something. But, but you know, stamps were a way of communicating information. You know, again, as, as a young child, that was your first, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, introduction to world leaders and politics and, and all these things. Um, you know, stamps served a really important practical purpose in that regard. And, and cultures, you know, appreciating cultures, you know, you think of cultures, uh, it, it's real easy, especially as a sort of, uh, I won't say we're elitist, but we have we have a certain, uh, uh, we're lucky. We're a bunch of white guys in a, in a really cross-cultural country here that's, right now it's, you know, having some 
real uh, new moments that we never could have imagined. Um, but um, it, it, people often think of other cultures as primitive. And then you start looking at Philatelia and the, the best stamps are from arguably the countries that, uh, you know, Donald Trump called shithole countries, you know, Mozambique, <laughs> ridiculously beautiful stamps. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, it, no, it gives you a whole new appreciation for these places, though. Yeah, maybe you've only heard of them. Madagascar, Madagascar yeah. was just ridiculous, yeah. beautiful. The Congo, you know, uh, ridiculous stamps yeah. from so beautiful compared to and no no offense to our you know our industry here but, <laughs> but you see these giant and incredibly artistic beautifully sculpted in shape of triangles and mm -hmm. you know i just love that so, so as a kid once you got a taste of it you know did you start saving up allowance money were there things you had your eye oh, on? oh yeah for sure yeah no it was a quest always always in search of um to build my collection, you know, to be, I don't know, the guy with the most toys who died <laughs> happy. <laughs> no, just, you know, collecting, it's, it's a, it's a sickness. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I just, um, I, I, yeah, fell in love with it and uh, I still love it. I still, I don't, uh, I'm very selective, you know, if I if at look when I look at, at stamps now, and it's not because I'm selective, I'm looking for something in particular, but I think a little more often now, you know, stamps are much more expensive. And uh, if I do want something, I start uh, to research it before I would go out and search and look and, you know, to buy something. So, so you had talked a little bit about who brought you into it? It was kind of a social thing for you in the beginning and then kind of maybe uh, branched off into just kind of your own investigation and your own interest. Has it always remained kind of, have you kept in touch with those first people that got you into it? Have you, have you looked no. into becoming, uh, well, um, members of a society or has it been solid, solitary hobby for you? Yeah, no, it's been a solitary hobby for me. Just, uh, you know, just a fun thing. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny because uh, I suppose a lot of people are investing in stamps these days. And, uh, you know, as a collector, we never thought of, in, of our collections as investments back then. They were always just, you know, collections, you know, something to have under your bed, right? Um, and uh, it, it, as with all collecting, it's changed dramatically. I'm glad I collected because uh, accidentally I collected some stuff that was was a good investment, but uh, not, you know. Not by design. Fell, yeah, not fell out of the sky and hit me in the head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that, you know, uh, guys like Rod Stewart, have, you know, he's a model train enthusiast. I'm sure a lot of musicians have their, their uh, you know, the little quirks and hobbies. Have you ever come across anyone while on the road or at a festival? Do you know of any other, uh, you know, uh, people in your industry who, who are maybe stamp collectors or collectors of other things? Has this ever come up in conversation? I don't know anyone that's a musician that collects stamps. I'm, you know, 
there I'm sure there are, are people out there. You know, Lee Scholar is a bass player, played with James Taylor, and he's a major uh, studio guy, played on every great record known to mankind just about the last 50 years. But um, Lee is an incredible collector, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, Stamp stamps are somewhere in there just knowing Lee such an intellectual guy and uh, you know I gotta think you know but I you know it's hard to say it, it, to me philatelia is um, it's a calling in a way you know it's not something that uh, you could go oh, I'm gonna be a stamp collector you know it's <laughs> like you you fall into it and then you just go wow this is really there's there's so many levels to this that it's just it's fascinating you know and and uh and it's beautiful it you know to me i i stamps to me are uh every single one is a is a work of art and uh so you know when i whenever i'm looking at stamps every i look at one stamp you know and then all the you know all the the subtleties of of um, color and uh, perforation and uh, glue or not glue and things uh, odd things that make them you know more esoteric i i appreciate that the oddity of it i think too you know because it, it is a it's not something that everyone does and and it's not something that is apparent when you first start looking at at stamps that they, they're obviously this is why this stamp is you know, cost more or something. You just, you don't get, I don't know why, why is that one? It looks the same as that one, you know, but it's not. <laughs> There's little selfies that, and then, you know, canceling should, uh, uh, that, that's that been kind of a, a wake up for me. You know, it used to be, oh God, don't want any ink on that, on that uh, image. You know, we wanted to be like, it was never used, you know, but now canceling has become sort of a, oh, well, that gives it a provenance that, uh, you know, never had before. So even though it's, you know, compromising the image somewhat, it still enhances the historic value and the, you know, there's a story there. I like that. As the band got bigger and you found yourself out on the road more visiting new places, you know, especially other countries, did you ever find yourself, uh, you know, uh, taking note of, of stamps anywhere you traveled? Would you ever stop by a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you had a perspective that a lot of people... Uh... For sure. I had I had ceased collecting um, foreign stamps. So, you know, I would go to countries and I would see foreign stamps. But between the time that I ceased collecting foreign stamps, I started uh, getting into to old motorcycles. And uh, so I, I had uh, opened a shop with a friend of mine, uh, selling parts for old bikes primarily harleys and indians probably from you know mid uh you know mid 30s harleys uh indians um up to uh, you know some more contemporary stuff but primarily you know i would say you know 60s 30s to 60s so that was kind of odd you know same weirdness that i've you know my whole life has been kind of an odd little esoteric trip for me but so got into the old bike so i went out and uh and those were the days you could buy an old motorcycle for dirt it just you know people were saying please take it away it's getting <laughs> grease all over my floor here and so um 
I picked up a bunch of old Harleys and kind of fell in love. I mean, you could, I bought four 1917 to about 1930 Harleys, all four of them together for like, I don't know, 1200 bucks or something. And, and I, I, uh, I had them for my, uh, for my little shop, my friend. And so, um, I started collecting motorcycle stamps basically after I got into the old bikes. So um, I started riding the old bikes and I got a few old bikes, but anyway, so then I decided, okay, well, so then when I went to foreign countries, I would find motorcycle stamps. So that became kind of a, a little extension of, of motorcycling and something that I enjoyed with stamp collecting Philatelia. So, Anyway, I went to Russia to play in Moscow during the, uh, I forget how you pronounce it, the perestroika, is that right? The opening of, of uh, the, when the guy with the, uh, with the birthmarks on his head. Uh, Was that crucial? No. After him, <laughs> later. I'm, I'm trying to remember my, the order. <laughs> he was the last, next to the last communist uh, guy. But anyway, he he invited people over there to tr for, to try and open up the country, and went over with uh, Steve Wozniak and a bunch of musicians, Bonnie Raitt, Carlos Santana, the Doobie Brothers. We went over there. And it was still a communist country, and it was really kind of unpleasant you know they didn't like us because we were we were capitalists and so we got they liked us because we were with steve wozniak and he they thought oh well you'll bring some some computerization to us so we'll put up with these yo-yos but we um anyway you could go down to uh the park there in uh in downtown Moscow, and uh, there were all these little black market stands where people bought, you know, groceries, and all, all the markets were like, you can only buy certain things only between certain hours of the day, and once they're sold out, you're out of luck. You have no bread, no meat. If you're lucky, you got some pickles or, you know, some turnips or something, you know. Wow. It was really a, a hard time for the Soviet Union back then. So, um, they had all these little black market stands. So I'm strolling by and I see this guy and they're not sanctioned, right? Anytime the, the uh, guys can go in there and bust them and take them to prison, to jail. And I mean, you have no recourse. You don't, you know, there's no democracy. You don't have, you know, you broke the law, you're going to jail. That's the end of it. So, but for some reason that probably payoffs. So I go under this little thing and here's this guy selling stamps. And I, I go, he goes, uh, I go, wow, you're selling these. He goes, yes. I go, you American? I go, yes. He goes, you, you want to sell Levi's? You sell jeans? I go, no, I don't buy my jeans. He goes, okay, what do you want? I go, well, I, I wouldn't mind buying some stamps. Oh, can't sell. You, you can't take from country. I go, really? I go, he's. I can sell, but you don't, can't tell anyone where you get them. <laughs> so, okay, let's check it out. So I start looking. Here's all these stamps from uh, foreign, from the Soviet bloc, Vietnam, La I think Laos, uh, China, you know, Korea, North Korea, um, 
you know, Soviet, uh, Czechoslovakia, all the Poland, all the ones that were in the in the block at that time, West Berlin, all these motorcycle stamps, they're all motorcycle stamps, all these Soviet bloc countries. So I buy them all and I stash them. And you're not supposed to carry anything out of the country. You can't even carry Soviet money out of out of the Soviet Union at that time. I carried all this money. I carried these stamps, everything. I, I think I, I put them in my pocket or something. You know, nobody, nobody said anything. But I got, anyway, I, I still got them. They were really cool. And it, right at the end of these countries being a part of the Soviet bloc. So they were, you know, uh, they were being bankrolled, all the countries. I don't know if they were anymore. They were starting to lose the bankroll because Russia was going broke, you know. <laughs> But uh, anyway, that a long story that uh, I don't know if it had a, much of an impact punchline, but I, I have these stamps <laughs> no, from the, uh, the concept of buying stamps at a black market is uh, is so different from your, you know, again, on the one hand, you've got the guy with the cigar in Northern California. And uh, on the other hand, you're in Moscow in a tent buying them, uh, you know, yeah, Philadelphia, it's kind of like a shady <laughs> business. It really is. You know, it's a shady <laughs> That's incredible. Well, you, you talked earlier about um, stamps kind of shaping your worldview and giving you a view into history and other countries. Do you, do you ever find them influencing your music at all? Good question. Um, I don't, not directly, no. I haven't mm-hmm. thought about it. There's been no, uh, no lyrical uh, references, <laughs> but, but thank you. <laughs> you still, write, still, yeah. I'm still writing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll look for the song about stamps. <laughs> so we, we got a new record. I wrote a song about motor, about kind of about motorcycles. So, well, do, do you? I mean, you know, obviously, motorcycles and stamps couldn't be more different. On the one hand, um, motorcycles are a lot more practical and and fun. Um, <laughs> but do, do you find that that your uh, desire to collect and your desire to tap into the past sort of comes from the same place? Because you talk about the kids collecting comic books. I think there is a collecting gene, and again, you know, even though motorcycles and stamps, you know, a lot of people wouldn't see any sort of connection. But you know, when you, when you're on a, a bike from the '30s. And you have a postage stamp from the 30s. Do you get the same sort of feeling? Um, they definitely have a, a, you know, a relative um, relationship, I think. Uh, I, I think uh, probably stamp collectors less than motorcyclists and, you know, antique motorcycle guys. Uh, but uh, because they, the, the American antique uh stamps that were special delivery stamps uh gosh they're about uh, i want to say around nine, the late teens early 20s um there's some model what's cool is they were in conjunction with harley davidson which harley was has always been very anal about their image and how they portray themselves and they were able to come up with a really wonderfully tasteful stamp that you know, really frames the Harley Davidson as being this iconic uh, mail delivery um, system. And they made a whole series of stamps, special deliveries. They were very desirable as a collectible. Uh, Every, you know, guys that collect U.S. stamps would like to have, I think I have the whole series. And uh, it it means... That's based on a specific model bike? Because I, I know the stamp. Well, I want to say that that is uh, the, 
the JD model motorcycle. So it's probably it started around 1917. Uh, 1915 was kind of the the definitive bike that came up, and then by by 17 they came up with this JD model, and the JD went on till 1929. And I believe those stamps, I mean, they may be later than the early 20s, I, I, but it has a JD, uh, JD bike in there, I'm pretty sure, uh, 20s v- version. And it was a, an iconic uh, motorcycle for that era. And uh, I'm sure there are other motorcycle stamps. I haven't, you know, you don't see that many. So you, you talked about how you've become more selective with your collecting. Is there anything that you've got your heart set on? Is there a, a holy grail for you, uh, for your collection? That, that's, you know, the, the, well, maybe it's captivated you since you were a kid or maybe only more recently, but is there well, something? Well, you know, I, I, I have um, the first two uh, U.S. issue stamps, of, and, and I have a couple of, you know, the, the, the Franklin and the Washington um, and, and I, was it a five and the 10 cent? Is that what they are? I think yep. so. Um, and I have versions of those. I would really wish I could uh, get some better versions or have gotten just way expensive now. You know, it's it's hard to justify <laughs> paying the kind of money for stamps that you, you know, these days. But uh, anyway, I, I love I, the early American stamps hold a fascination for me uh right now i think you know the uh so i am i'm, I'm kind of looking but I, I haven't been purchasing you know there's just i don't know i'm trying to get rid of stuff now so <laughs> <laughs> like i say you know i uh, i have a feeling that uh my stamp collecting will probably come back around as i become as i have more time and uh you know Maybe I'm less physical, less mobile. It'll be one of those hobbies. I think I hate to be that way. Like, say, it's an old man's hobby, but it's probably going to be my old man's hobby. You know, no, but it, it, it's great. I, it's, always, it's always waiting there for you. You know, you can. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I feel too. And then come back yeah. home to it. Yeah, you know, they're old friends. You know, your your stamps are your old friends to me. I mean, that no matter how many times you viewed them, when you come back, you kind of have this good feeling and. That warm feeling that <laughs> you're looking at, you know, an old stamp that you always loved and that you that you have in your collection. It's just, I, you know, there's a lot of uh, repairing, I think, for me in the future. I know that, uh, you know, with hinging and stuff that went on in the 50s and 60s, 70s, 80s, even, I mean, that was just, we didn't know. We had no idea. Now that, uh, you know, there's a new era of, of a way to preserve your stamps, I'm going to have to go back and clean up stamps and, you know, re, re, uh, sort of repurpose them, revalue them. And I think there are ways to do that now uh, that, you know, with all kinds of different methods without screwing the stamp up and preserving what's the good part of it and getting rid of some of the bad, bad chemical stuff that's residues that have been left behind. So that's that's a future thing for me, for sure. So it started with the the guy in California with the cigar and then moved to the uh, black market stamps in Russia. So where do you look to now to buy your to buy stamps that you're looking for? You know, it's almost accidental. Uh, oftentimes, you know, when I travel, I, I'll just see a store and I fall in. And uh, uh, I've 
I don't do this and I haven't been doing this and I probably will start doing it, but um, kind of look at, I'm going to start looking through my stamp collection at things that, uh, you know, I could use. And, uh, you know, when I'm out working, when I'm touring and stuff, um, those are great opportunities to, to view things. And, and, you know, if, if you're looking for something, that's a good way to find a, a, a good deal somewhere, you know, on a, a little store that uh, somebody just, got rid of their stamp collection and it's sitting in a, you know, behind the counter somewhere. And mm-hmm. most guys go, yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out, go look at it. And it's, it's, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me how, where stamps end up and who, who ends up with them. And often uh, I, because, you know, a lot, a lot of guys like me that have stamp collections, they, they pass on and, you know, the family goes, Oh, I don't know what to do with this crap. You know, and they end up, uh, giving it away to somebody and then somebody you know has a, a nice collection that they they end up selling in their in their store and if you're there at the right time you get the you're that, the guy the thrill of the hunt <laughs> is such an important part of this hobby. that idea that you could always walk into a store and, and see something unexpected is i think what keeps a lot of us going yeah and there's such a volume of stamps out there and certainly there's duplicates of everything under the sun but uh there's always you know, still a very, you know, certain stamps that are hard to find. And, you know, if you, they're out there, you just got to stumble across them. That's just, that's so much fun when that happens, you know, that's something that you, that you knew you didn't have. And there, there it is. And, and it's something affordable that you don't feel like you're getting robbed, you know. So do you bring your collection with you on the road or parts of it? No, 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 no I'd, I'd lose it. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my whole a whole book of foreign stamps, oh, no. uh, you know, moving around as a as a teenager and a college student, and you know, somebody walked away with it. Maybe I don't know, but uh, happens pretty common, I'm sure. Better to keep them away from the shows, then. Yeah, yeah, you you got to keep stuff away from the hoarders. <laughs> Can't let them get it. <laughs> Well, Pat, this has been fantastic. Michael, do you have anything else? This has I, been- I think, I mean, I think that's it. This has been incredible. Thank you so much. Again, Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. I- again, this podcast has taken us so many different places. And again, it's these stories, you know, again, the Russia story I love. And, and yeah. <laughs> this is the stuff that makes, you know, again, the hobby, you know, the stamps are great. We all love the stamps. That's why we're here. But it's these personal stories, these personal connections that, um, you know, they're the reason I, I can see myself collecting stamps for the rest of my life. So this was uh, this was fantastic, and I can't thank you enough. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Nice talking to you guys. Appreciate you so giving much. me the time. Of course. Absolutely. Thank you so All much. Right. Your dad said, hey, girls. <laughs> I was going to say tell him hey, but I'm not sure who will talk to him first. But, uh, and and, and uh, next time you guys play New York, I hope I can uh, see you again when you're uh, when you're. Yeah. Cool. Okay, thank buddy. Thank you. Excellent. Guys, take care. You too. Good seeing you. Bye. Bye-bye. Michael, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It also just makes me want to go listen to the music. I was I was uh, blasting <laughs> the Wee Brothers on my train ride today <laughs> and talking to him. Like, as he's talking, I'm just hearing all these great songs in the back of my mind. But yeah. what, a, what a fun conversation that was. You don't think about how many different walks of life. Like, yeah. Yeah. was the great equalizer. Here's a guy who's toured the world. Mm-hmm. Incredible rock band celebrating 50 years. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he comes home from a tour, and he just wants to go with his old friends, his stamps. Yes, yeah. and it's, it's like it's incredible. What, what an what an amazing hobby this is that like you he's and I on tour, 
he's doing a world tour and he's going into shops looking for stamps to buy. Like, <laughs> this is like, what he's thinking of. Like, like what, you know, you and I have something in common with this guy in this yeah. rock band. And I think that's what's so brilliant about this hobby. Yeah. Is that, you know, it, it just connects people who really have, you know, shouldn't have anything in common. And here we are. We all love the same things. We all... Uh, you know, we all want those special delivery stamps or the U.S. Yeah, number yeah. one and two. Like, like, there's these touchstones. There's these frames of reference that we all share. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this hobby just so incredible. I, I love how his collecting evolved over the course of his life. As he got into motorcycle collecting, he then wanted to get into topical motorcycle stamps. Stamps never... His his passion for stamps never wavered throughout no, his entire life. And you can t- you're right. You can tailor it to where yeah. you are in life. If you're a yeah. kid. You want to collect one of everything worldwide: yeah. Britain, Belgium, Germany. Then you get older. You specialize a bit more. You find your passion: motorcycles. Boom. There's stamps for that. I think that uh, I, I think that his story is, um, you know, on the one hand, it's so universal. I think everybody can relate to it. Mm-hmm. The difference is this guy's up there on stage. <laughs> Uh, playing blast, yeah. playing and singing Black Water to a crowd of, of uh, you know, countless people over the years. Yeah. And yet we can still relate to these stories that he tells. How mm-hmm. incredible is that? And yet he's still got time to talk about stamps. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I think it also shows that we never grow up. He's still that eight-year-old kid hanging out with the hoodlums, uh, stealing the bikes and everything. Yeah. Uh, and as you, as you mentioned kind of briefly while we were off camera, he still remembers the name... Of the first, the stamp shop that he ever bought. Remember going shop. into the black market. It, these, these, yeah. you know, you can tell that this sort of punctuated his life, and and they're these great milestones for him. I enjoyed that call so much. If you can't yeah. tell, yeah. again, it has <laughs> nothing to do with my love of uh, of music. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, it was just incredible. I, yeah. I really really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much because I, I'm. Hundred percent credit to you for because you were the connection there. You knew him you personally mention, before. If we don't mention who set up the interview, it can <laughs> assumed it was you. So whenever <laughs> I do something right, you have to uh, give me props. Uh, no, this was fun. I'm glad I could set this one up. I really hope people like this episode as much yeah. as I do. Um, for people listening, you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, it looked like the weather was much nicer in Hawaii than uh, than it is oh, yeah. currently here on the East Coast. Uh, but you can uh, watch us on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the big podcast services, uh, flatlypodcast.com, flatlypodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, we, we love getting listener mail. We haven't gotten a ton lately, probably because everyone's busy tweeting at us. Yeah. Um, but no, Charles L. Epting Charles and, L. Epting. and uh, Michael are? J. Court. Michael J. Court and Charles L. Epting on Twitter. But uh, no, Michael, this was a lot of fun. I'm, yeah. I'm really amped up about this one, and I can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, until next time. Until next time. And, and West Bex is fast approaching. Yes. I'm going to see you uh, in just a couple of weeks, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. Right. Let's talk again soon. See ya. See ya. Bye.